Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be discussing what to expect in the first year after your separation. My name is Lucy Good, and I am the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. And today I have great pleasure in chatting to an absolute expert when it comes to separation, Sarah Whitechurch from My Divorce Coach. Now, Sarah is a divorced and remarried mother of three, and really it's her story that has given her the edge to be able to help so many in this field. She was raised by a single mother and didn't see her father for 21 years (laughs) after the separation, (laughs) long time. Um, And her family history is one that includes emotional abuse and family breakdown going back three generations. Sarah's business, so aptly named My Divorce Coach, is intended to support women going through separation to do so better emotionally, to be better informed and more confident about what the future holds for them. As well as running her business, Sarah is currently training as a counsellor with focus on clinical hypnosis and divorce coaching. Welcome to the Beanstalk podcast, Sarah. Thank you, Lucy. It's a pleasure. (laughs) For a moment, I thought I didn't have you there. You're in in, um, country Victoria on a dairy farm um, with slightly dodgy internet at the moment. So we've got our fingers tightly crossed, haven't we, that we can see it through um, the end of this chat. And I'm sure we will. Now, look, I just mentioned when I was introducing you um, that as well as running the business, being a mum to three, training as a counsellor, one of the things that you're doing is learning about clinical hypnosis. And I find that quite interesting as to where that sits when you're helping people going through a divorce process. Okay, if I, if you don't mind, I'll just make a correction. The way um, I informed you about my counselling training, I am actually a qualified counsellor. Oh, that's um, great. Congratulations. Have, yeah, it is good. <laughs> um, and I have also completed training in clinical hypnosis, so that's all done and dusted. Um, But the clinical hypnosis fits in because what I've found is, and a lot of other people who have gone through therapy, I suppose, have, is people can talk and talk, but their emotions can sometimes get the better of them or they convince themselves of different situations. By using um, clinical hypnosis, we can actually get to a level where the person is calm. Um, They reach a state where um, we're actually, it sounds a bit funny, but we're talking to their subconscious. So all the chatter that is on throughout the day, oh, I've got to get the kids' lunches, or I've got this, and oh, he's doing that, and she's doing this, that's all taken away. And what you're left with is that raw emotion and that raw, um, clear sense of what's going on for them. So that's that's how I use um, hypnosis. So it's there really to calm people down more than anything so that they can focus on, on the matter at hand. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's how I use it in this scenario anyhow. I mean, people would have heard about people using hypnosis to quit smoking um, mm. and other other things. Um, but in my room, that's how I use it. When people are heightened with anxiety, it's really hard to see, um, see the forest from the trees, really. And this is a way of calming everything down, slowing everything down, because you're slowing everybody's breathing down. Um, and they're able to focus on the issue that they have in front of them. 
Okay, that's so interesting because I've not ever heard it used. As you said, I've heard it used for things like giving up smoking, but unusual to hear yeah. it used. Perhaps it isn't unusual. It's the first time I've heard of it, but it's great to have that t- another tool in your toolbox to help um, people who come to you. Um, look, we'll we'll head into the questions because we our topic is so interesting, and I know loads of mums will be listening into this one because talking about this first um, year of separation. Um, is yeah. something that so many people struggle to get through. So I really hope that we can help some people with our chat today. So, um, so the first question I have is, one of the reasons that I started my business, Beanstalk, is because there seem to be so few resources to help steer us through our separation, um, especially this difficult first year. Do you think this lack of resources is a problem? And where can we go to find the tools to help us? I definitely think it's a problem and I share um, the reason for starting my business. Um, When I was finishing up my counselling training, uh, I had two friends break up with their partners. One of them came as an absolute shock to me. Um, So I can only imagine what they were going through. And I know when I was going through my separation, the support that's on offer via the government or NGO organisations only take you so far. And so you get through all the the main issues of, okay, well, I've left, now I need somewhere to live and all of those sorts of things. But then what? You're left still negotiating the communication between you and your ex, if there is any. Um, And if there's not, then how do you handle that? Um, the emotions, the grief that is left after that, even if you're the person who left, there is still an element of you've broken up with the other family. Sometimes you might be happy about that, but um, but other times you will have that sense of loss of that extended family. And there was no one for me at the time that I could turn to other than just general counselling, which are focused on mostly, you know, what's happening in your life, but there was no real understanding of those unique circumstances that come with separation and co-parenting post-separation mm. so definitely that that's one of the reasons or the main reason that I um, decided to study uh, divorce coaching and get into that as a business because I think it offers people and in my case women especially somewhere to go to be able to air out those circumstances or those ideas of how to move forward um, that may be how do I put this? When you share it with, say, your friends or family who are who are definitely on your side, aren't thinking about the bigger picture necessarily. They're thinking about defending you and supporting you and go get him. You get letting him get away with too much and all mm. of those sorts of things. Whereas you need that place to go to to just explore what are my options, what am I comfortable with, and if I need to communicate with him about. X, Y, or Z, how am I going to approach that? Because there's anxiety riddled with all of those sorts of situations. So, um, yeah, I definitely think someone who is specialised and has an understanding of the separation background is really, really important. Um, and that's, yeah, that's why I got into what I got into. Mm. I mean, it's actually a very isolating thing, isn't it, going through a separation? Oh, because it's unlikely that you'd have people around you who are going through a separation at the same time. Um, yes. They don't happen that often. So you're usually going through it pretty much on your own. 
Um, and That's everyone right. else that you talk to is at different stages in their life. And as you say, they all have different opinions. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in, in this yeah. chat. But um, I think that just knowing that you're not alone and that you have, um, and there's other people out there who are going through it or who've been through it. Um, and to have that in a nice positive environment as well, rather than, I mean, you yes. mentioned some of the government resources that are out there and they are fantastic, but you know, some of them are really quite depressing um, and yes. they do focus on some of the really upsetting issues. And so they need to be there. But I think what helps so many people through is um, some people kind of backing you and being positive and not necessarily yeah. being perfect. We're not talking about p- perfection. I always say with my business, it's not about being perfect. It's just about no. being positive and just like holding on to the positive things and trying to let go of the negative things. So, um, yeah, and I think there's more and more businesses that are popping up now um, and there are more resources out there than there used to be, would you say? Yeah, I think, I mean, I have to commend Beanstalk Mums. Oh, <laughs> well, thank okay. you. <laughs> uh, no, it's amazing. When I stumbled across your website, I was just gobsmacked. I thought if that was around when I'd separated, that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. And just having that list of resources that you have on that site is amazing. Yeah, and so people it- coming together, as you said, with that positive attitude of you can get through this, you will get through this. And these are the options that you have to support you in doing that. It's not all about going to those, like you said, those services that are based on the extreme um, horrible situations. Um, and you you can have places where it's safe to explore ideas that are a little left to field or that maybe you're not ready to actually act on yet, but, you know, you think they might be good for your future. Yeah. It's good to chat to people, isn't it, as well? Definitely. Always helps. Okay, so my next one, a really important question. How do you, well, do you feel that people rely too heavily on the, um, on the court process to sort everything out when it comes to separation? And what's the danger of doing this? Look, I think it's really important. Um, each separation is unique in their own. Some people may not need to go and see a lawyer or seek legal advice, but there are some people, some couples who um, that's the first port of call. That's what they think is going to sort it out. I think it's really important to get legal advice because you want to deal with fact in um, in your separation. You don't want to be dealing with what Arnie Jones' cousin's dog did when they separated mm. because that one took so-and-so to the cleaners and all of that sort of thing. You want to actually get the advice that is relevant to you and your situation. You're scared enough about the future. You don't need to be taking on other people's stuff. So if you're concerned from a legal perspective, then get that legal advice, definitely. And then it's relevant to your own situation. I think where it becomes dangerous is where people use it as the tool to win an argument or if they think that going to the judge is going to be, um, see, you know, you were wrong, I was right. Um, I, I think that nobody ever wins in that situation. I think that um, having spoken to several lawyers um, and also having had the experience of people coming through my office where they've been disheartened about what their lawyer did for them, there's a perception out there that the lawyer is there to, I guess, um, stick up for you, I suppose, but they're there to walk you through the legal processes. They understand the legal processes and if you're not clear on what it is that you want, then they're not going to make those suggestions for you. 
if that makes sense. So mm. I think it's really important that people gather their own information, that they do seek legal advice, but that they're also very clear and have done their research on what it is that they want to achieve rather than getting even and expecting that the judge is going to come in and see what they believe is fair and then have them win, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, now, you know um, Jackie and Danny at Family Law Life, don't you, Sarah? Do you know them? No. Oh, so many. No, points. I don't. They're these incredible <laughs> lawyers um, in Melbourne. Well, they've got offices in Melbourne and Sydney, and um, they're just becoming so well known on the scene, really, because they really specialise in, in amicable divorce. Um, right. And well, I went to see them the other day, and they were saying how so many they rarely go to court often their cases don't go to court but when they occasionally have to go the judges often kind of express their dismay or kind of sigh and sometimes even say what are you actually doing here um because it's just crazy that something has had to come to court to get decided and all the money that's that that it's cost um it's really unnecessary because there are so many ways of getting things sorted before it it goes to court and I guess would that be where a mediator would sort of could come in and be really handy couldn't they yeah definitely um I think that's that's usually the first protocol that your solicitor will generally suggest Mm. um and I also believe that um part of the issue for us civvy folk that aren't aware of the legal processes is that we have a perception of what we think is going to happen and we assume that that is exactly how it is and I think one way and it sounds like um, your friends uh, would would possibly do this is explaining those different processes get those processes explained what is mediation what can I expect to happen in the room why are you suggesting as a lawyer why are you suggesting these this particular pathway and ask what that pathway looks like, which means that you will then be able to enter that informed and you'll have an idea of what you're going to be going through on the day. Um, And it makes it easier for your lawyer to be able to defend you, I guess. Mm, Yeah. So really with this first year, something that doesn't have to happen and a lot of people kind of think it's all part of the process is you don't have to go to court really do you you might no. have to go to court but and and under, so it's about getting an understanding of why you would need to go and working through your situation and and working out whether you do need to go and trying to avoid it really at all costs because I think people automatically when they think separation they think court don't they you know there's that saying yeah, see you see you in court yeah definitely <laughs> um, but, all the time <laughs> yeah so maybe for those people who are just starting out on their um, new single mother journey you know your first year might your whole separation may not involve court and don't rely too heavily okay. on it um because you may not need it yeah, for any question that I'm ever asked, I guess the, the main thing is get your information and get the information that's relevant to you. If that means going and sitting down with a lawyer and running by them what you're wanting to achieve, then by all means do that, but get the information that is relevant to you and not based on somebody else's story. Brilliant advice, thank you. Um, so how can we manage other people? <laughs> we talked about it <laughs> earlier during the first year. And by other people, I mean the well-meaning friends and family who have strong opinions on what we should be doing during this first year. 
Yes, other people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a bit of a touchy subject. (laughs) Yes, it it always is. And the thing is, we've all been that other person. That's the other thing. Yeah, we definitely where we? we all have a strong point don't we when our friends are going through a breakup we've all got yeah. a lot to say it's always so much easier yeah. to give other people advice I find absolutely and so what I say here I say with love and I say with a note to self sticky note in, in my own brain um, to remember this advice when I'm actually the friend of somebody else um, but It's definitely, if you're the person that's getting advice from a friend or family member, or perhaps you've gone and confided in them, but they're getting a little bit heated, Mm. (laughs) a little bit um, assertive with their advice that they're giving you, I think having a one-liner ready um, can be helpful because you are overwhelmed and you're wanting their advice, but at the same time, they're not emotionally invested the way you are. They're also not invested in the future. It's not their life. It's your life. And if at the moment you're annoyed with your ex for one thing or the other, it doesn't mean in five minutes' time you're going to be just as annoyed. Um, so it's really important to have an idea of what, what it is that you want to achieve out of the argument, I guess, that you're having with your ex that you are venting to your friend about or um, definitely have that one line ready to just, look, thanks thanks for your advice. I think I'm good now. Yeah, can, can, <laughs> um, it be, can it be rude? Can it be rude, the one-liner? Can it be piss off and mind your own business? <laughs> <laughs> I think that depends on your relationship. <laughs> um, I know with my best friend, I could definitely say that to her. Often I'll say, say to her, look, I'm just not ready for that right now. <laughs> just stop. Yeah, it depends Shut on the up. person. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but it, yeah, it depends on the relationship. There are some that you're going to have to say, yes, mum, all right, no worries, I'm going to go now because you're just getting too much for me. Um, or yeah, just a polite, thanks for that, I'll think about it. But at the moment, I'm just, I just can't think about it anymore. I've thought about it too much. And shut the conversation down. Mm, um, yeah. Give yourself some time to think about it because they might come up with something really brilliant. But at the same time, mm. you're not ready to deal with that yet. Mm. You're just and you, processing. And you don't want to push people away, do you, as no, well? No, definitely not. Because mm. they're there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it is overwhelming. And I think that's something that um, that needs to be said and needs to be acknowledged when you're going through something like that. You do feel, uh, especially in the early stages, a sense of victimisation. And so when people are trying to help, you feel like you have to take their help. Mm. Um, but there are times where you just don't want it and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and being ready to say, look, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I just needed to vent. That's it. I don't need a solution right now. I just needed to vent. Yeah. But thank you. Yeah. Okay. And, and anything else to, to do in that, uh, with, with friends, just, uh, during the first year, I suppose you just need to kind of keep your your friends close to you, don't you? And just work oh, yeah. out, you work out in that first year, who are your friends and who aren't. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting quickly. you say that actually. I wrote a blog post recently on that um, because you, I certainly found, um, even with friends that I had for many, many years, I felt like I'd lost them because mm. of one comment that one of them made, one person out of a group of 10. And... Um, and I was so wrong. It was simply because of the grief and the state that I was in 
for 10 years I hardly had anything to do with these people and it wasn't a, it wasn't a nasty thing at all it was just a, oh he, they don't want to be my friend anymore they've chosen the other side yeah. and so I retreated um and lovely ending because I've rekindled my relationship with those people but but that was something within myself and so we can be really um vulnerable I mm. guess to the things that people say and it's really important that um we speak up when we're worried about something that someone has said um and that we do keep our friends close we need them we do we definitely, definitely. the self-care and to remind us who we really are mm. and I think that you do realize quite quickly you you're, you have to accept in that first year that your friendship circles are going to change I think yeah. for me my friends friendship circles change significantly and I wouldn't say that I sort of had big arguments with people I was friends with during my marriage but I you know I just just grew apart from a lot of them and when I did that I became closer to other women often single mums who were um, at the school where my kids are and my friendship groups changed enormously and I'm incredibly happy with my my new friendship group it's much more yeah. suited to my life now and I never get invited to the places that I used to go when I was married but you know what I don't really want to go to those places anymore I'm not that yeah. person anymore I'd much rather hang out with the ladies that I've got these wonderful relationships with now so I think if you do feel that your friendship group is falling apart a little bit don't panic because you are going through a transitional stage in your life and it's just yeah. all part of it. Friends are going to drop off, but new ones are going to come into your life and you'll probably find that they're going to be the friends who you're, people you're friends with probably forever and they'll stay close to you and they really understand you. Yeah, definitely. So, and that's it. Life is fluid, isn't it? You, it you is. have children and suddenly, you know, you're at the mum's group and you've created a whole new circle of friends there and your kids go to high school and they drop out of primary school you lose touch with them and it goes mm. into a life is just fluid like that and so separation's no different exactly well I always say I say it over and over again I bore people with it probably but I say everything in life <laughs> is a phase um yeah so and the to, to think of it like that means that you can think look I'm going through a bad phase at the moment things aren't good but things are going to change they're going to get better yeah. they might get worse before they get better but they are going to change and also to say look I'm going through a good phase at the moment so I'm going to be quite grateful for this I'm going to think things are great at the moment uh, but everything is always changing and it's something that's quite frightening um, especially once yeah. you separated and then you notice it's one thing going through a separation and not living with your partner anymore and doing co-parenting or whatever it is you're doing with your kids but then mm. when other things like friendships and other things you start feeling a little bit out of control but try and remember it's yeah. all quite natural and everyone goes through yeah. it just find people to talk to uh on that note as well, I guess the other piece of advice in that situation would be self-care. Um, even if it's a bath, and I know with toddlers, I have a toddler at the moment, um, just going to the loo can be mm. difficult. Mm. So <laughs> wherever you can grab it, if it's in the car after pickup or if it's um, 10 minutes before bed where you get to meditate, read a book or just in, engage in something for 10 minutes that is purely yours yeah. um I think that's really really important yeah and that's great advice about me time as well I just did an article for mm -hmm. mama me time um the website and they were asking 
what I do for, for me time activities. And I was saying, you know, the, the easier they are and the simpler they are um, and the closer to home they are. If you say I'm going to do something big, um, you know, such as I say big, like going to the cinema or something. Well, it's unrealistic mm. that you can do that every day. So, yeah, yeah really simple right. things like 10 minutes reading a book or 10 minutes watching Netflix or a cup of yeah. coffee sitting in the garden or something like that. They're the best me time things because you can fit, fit them in once or twice a day, in, even with a toddler. Yeah, you might have to read your book in the toilet, but that's okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Get a lock for that new ladies. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. The amount of pictures that I have on my Facebook group, the single mum vine, um, ladies have taken pictures when they're on the yes. toilet and their kids are peeking around the door or... Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> hilarious. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay uh, now this is an interesting one something that I see all too often through my work um, often on on the single mum vine that I was just talking about is ladies getting back into dating and starting new relationships too soon why do you feel this happens um, and what are your thoughts on it um, I think my thoughts are a what is too soon and too soon in a relationship that has been um, ending for a long time um, and you've come out of it a couple of months later you've met somebody that's really nice you go off and you start dating that's great but if you're dating for self-esteem if you're dating because you feel the sense of, of um, you've lost your identity because you're not part of the couple anymore um, I guess it's the you're dating that I'm concerned with. Um, and I think it's really important for our ladies to be careful in that in that sort of situation. Don't get your 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 value wrong. I guess if you think that you've got nothing to offer unless you've got a man on your arm, um, you probably need to come and talk to me because <laughs> it, it's um, you've got a lot to offer. And I think I think. The, the concern that I have is usually when, when people are going out out of fear, out of lack of self-esteem, out of feeling that they've got nothing to offer anymore unless they've got somebody with them. Um, but if, you, if you're ready to go out dating and, the, and there's a sense that you do want to experience what it's like to get dressed up and go out for a meal with someone, I don't see a problem with that as long as you're keeping your children safe. Mm. Um, you can do whatever you like but I wouldn't be bringing them home. I don't want people to feel judged with what I'm saying, but I think it's about safety. It's really about your own safety and that of your children. Um, but I think the circumstances around why you've chosen to go into the dating scene so soon after a relationship ending are varied and they're personal, but they're also very important as to who you're going to end up dating. Yeah, and I think um, a really interesting thing that I was talking on another podcast to a relationship expert, Leah Shepard from Honor Your Breakup, and she was saying, make sure you know you're, you're ready to start dating again when you're ready to take the knocks. Because when you start get, get dating, yeah. things, you know, you're going to have some knockbacks. We all get knockbacks. You know, you start talking to a guy and then he just yeah. disappears off the radar. It happens all the time. Yeah. I hear about it all the time. Or you, you see something, you really like them and they perhaps don't like you. So you have to be quite strong to be able to deal with yeah. those things. And if you go out there looking for someone to help you through your first year, 
because you're struggling, yeah. then it's probably one of the worst things that you can do, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I agree. Um, I think that's a really great point. The other thing is to see the, um, the silver lining, I suppose, it's a great time for self-discovery to really embrace some of those things that are unique to you that maybe we all put aside when we enter into a relationship or when we have children you know the the we just lost 90 kilos so mm. let's um meaning the man so let's go find our painting mojo again or let, let's get into something that is purely for us and get to know who we are and what uh what we can offer but also have people come into our lives to enhance that Mm, yes, definitely. And I think, I mean, I date on RSVP and um, I've met a number of people who I'd consider good friends now. Um, mm. So going out and meeting people doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to end up in a relationship with them. It just could no. be, as we were saying earlier, this new friendship circle that you're forming. That's um, right. And talking about friends, you know, rather than concentrate on getting into a relationship, it's probably a good time to concentrate on just building those good friendships around you, which is what's probably gonna see you through long-term rather than meeting up with a guy and having a few dates. Um, but yeah. it's interesting you say about self-discovery because I do think going dating again is a good way to learn a little bit about yourself as well because even yeah. online dating, when you write a profile, you have to start talking about yourself. And I think as single mothers, we change a lot as women um, throughout our single mother journey because we become stronger, more resilient, more independent. Um, so many different things happen to us and we're so busy, we don't actually realize that it's happening. So yeah. sometimes when you have to sit down and maybe do an online profile and talk about yourself or you're sitting at a table on a date with somebody and telling someone about yourself, you suddenly think you're talking about yourself in a slightly different way and you're discovering mm. the changes that have happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an important point as well when you are looking at dating is that you're, you may not necessarily have a type anymore. That type mm. may have changed. So mm. you may find yourself thinking that you'll be attracted to one type, but then finding through that growth that actually, no, I'm after something else now. Yeah, we, we've matured, <laughs> so, moved on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Although it's that's funny right. because we, I always, I laugh with a couple of my friends because we say, God, you know, we go back into the dating world however many years later, sort of 20 years after we were first in it, pre-marriage. And we're just as bad, you know, we sit and talk about, <laughs> one of us starts seeing someone, you, you start phoning up your friends, asking them what you should do, and you're talking about the guy, yes. and you think, oh my God, we haven't grown up at all, we've just kind of reverted <laughs> back to our childhood years. Definitely. <laughs> but it's quite funny. And yes, oh, I mean, It's a lot of fun, but again, you get to relive your youth, don't you? <laughs> you do, you do. Well, I mean, you've obviously went through it because you were... Uh, a single mother and then you remarried so you've been through yeah. the whole um going out and meeting somebody and taking it right through to um to remarrying so it, yeah. it shows that it can be done absolutely and for i guess your information i met my husband on rsvp so it does really? happen <laughs> oh how interesting yeah. there you go yeah. that's a great advert for rsvp <laughs> no i actually like it because um I like the fact that you can go on and use it for free, but then to take it up a notch, you can send certain messages, can't you? But to take it up yeah. a notch and to actually start a conversation, either you or the guy has to pay. 
Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, I've never paid and I think it's usually the guy that does, but it shows a level of commitment if they're happy to pay even just a small amount to have a conversation. It shows they're not chatting to heaps of other people on there at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite a good, um, a good, a good dating site, I think. Yeah, well, I think it was, it was probably my favourite. Um, I would have liked to have had a go at e- eHarmony at the time. I thought that was quite thorough, but it didn't like me because I was separated. So. <laughs> oh yes, yes, I had that problem once. Yeah, I used eHarmony once, yeah. and I found, um, I found because it was a paid site, and everyone had yep. paid just to go on it. It was there weren't great unless you're in a city. Um, you uh, don't have many. Don't have a lot of choice. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so there you go. A bit of free um, online dating advice going on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> For that's anyone right. who is I thinking about it. One of the things that I often, if I can just jump in on this again, one of the things that I often say to um, my girlfriends who are going through it is write your McDreamy list. At the time I was going through my separation, Grey's Anatomy was my favourite show. So I loved Mr. McDreamy. Yeah. And I wrote my McDreamy list of the things that I was looking for in a long-term partner. And while obviously uh, there are negotiations that you have to make, people aren't perfect, um, there were a few non-negotiables that were realistic. And for me, that helped me sift through the dodgy ones. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. After what I was after, we Mm. weren't on the same page. So... I felt that that helped me, and that's that's what I tell other people. That's my two cents worth, anyway. Well, and you, we don't have the time either, do we? You have to you have to sort of ex- execute, no, right. execute the mission in a timely manner to know that you're going. You know, you yeah. just don't have time to go out dating heaps of guys and then find that there's this real uh, problem with one of his values that you don't agree with. So it's yes. a great idea. And I mean, we we've talked here quite a bit about dating, um, but we're not necessarily saying go out and date. At no. all. you have to be ready um and um but but don't feel that you can't do it because it's okay no, and that's it's natural. Right. Mm. but in the first year your mental well-being your ability to move one foot in front of the other and keeping your kids safe mm-hmm. is your priority yeah um so when if you want to go out and date and that's something that's helping you get through it or you you feel the urge to do so um, that's fine, but my only recommendation is keep the kids out of it yeah. as long as possible. Yeah, kids first every time, isn't it? Yeah. So, for the single mums listening who are just starting or partway through their first year after separation, what keywords of wisdom do you have to help them on their way? I think um, I always come back to, and I'm sorry, ladies, if I'm repeating myself, but getting good advice from people who are impartial to your situation, who are reputable, who are knowledgeable. Um, Find yourself either a divorce coach or a good therapist who you can go and explore different scenarios with openly um, and just get a feel for what they feel like for you uh, um, rather than relying on the advice of everybody in the community and overwhelming yourself with everybody's opinions involved in your situation mm. Mm. um gather factual information if that means going and speaking to a lawyer go and speak to your lawyer if that means going and speaking to an accountant or a financial advisor definitely go and do that um the biggest key i think is don't be in a rush um it can take up to about three years to get through that transitional phase of going through a separation 
in a snapshot, that first year is basically chaos. You're finding somewhere to live or you're organising finances, you're organising all the stuff, all the horrible, headachey stuff. And you're just getting through one foot in front of the other, making sure there's food on the table, all of that sort of thing. You're surviving in that first year. Come the second year, you're getting kind of comfy with where you're at. You might start looking at the future, um, but you're you're a little less stressed. There will be stresses. Don't get me wrong. I've been there. I get that. But the second year, it's a different type of stress. It's not that survival stress. The third year, you'll start to have found your groove. And you'll feel a little bit more like a newer version of you and you'll feel a little bit more confident in the decisions you're making, a little less with the girlfriends or a little less um, seeking advice from other people, I suppose. So you'll be a bit more confident within yourself. Give yourself that three-year grace period to feel like you're really moving forward, even if you do enter into a new relationship. Still give yourself that three years to allow for the dust to settle. Mm, yeah three Um, years that's a long time isn't it it is (laughs) a long time I know where you're coming from yeah I think it doesn't mean that you're not going to be over things or I mean with co-parenting it's forever but I I think in terms of with the clients that I've had um, a lot of them expect it all to be over within the next conversation or within mediation once we have mediation it's all going to be done it's not done And, I mean, you might get the property sorted or the custody arrangement sorted, but there's still little things that are getting ironed out, your communication with each other, someone wants to swap a weekend, and how are you going to navigate that? So it's all of that sort of stuff is finding a new normality. And I think by the third year, you'll have found that. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I understand, yeah. To get back to whatever is going to be normal for you, yeah the new normal because it's yeah. not what it was yeah and it will hopefully be better but um, yeah look there's so much that we could talk about around this topic and I'm just looking at the clock now and I'm gonna we'll have to finish up there I think we could delve into nearly every area that we've discussed here yeah. more and have a whole podcast on each one really <laughs> maybe yes, maybe definitely. another time but look Uh, you've got a special for my mums who are listening so would you like to just tell them about that and also let them know where they can find you sure well I have a website it's www.mydivorcecoachaustralia.com.au I am also on Facebook as My Divorce Coach Australia Um, the deal that I have at the moment is that the first session um, would be $50 it's usually 150 um, and that will give you an hour and a half of my time and we can go through your situation and come up with some kind of plan and some clarity about what direction you may want to take. Um, then after that, up to five ongoing sessions. So usually I do that weekly depending on what's going on and I definitely like to have a chat with you just prior to mediation to make sure that you're comfortable with the process. Um, and I've put that as, as a rate of 80 pounds, which is a total of total saving of $200 or two free sessions. Okay, that's fantastic. And that can all be done while you're on your dairy farm in uh, Victoria <laughs> and on Skype and things like that, yeah. I take it. Yeah, so Australia-wide, basically. Um, that's right. That's, that's great. So if they come through to you, if they just say they've come through Beanstalk, that's okay um, for them yeah. to grab that deal. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, so They can also contact me via mobile if 
and that's on your website is it yeah. your mobile number yes it is perfect yes. because we'll what i'll do is when i public when, when this goes on to the um website i'll link your um web website into the introduction so they'll be able to get through to you easily um, but uh, look we've had a wonderful chat um, I'm so glad that we decided to focus on this turbulent first year after the breakup I mean it's definitely the hardest in terms of emotions and practical readjustment so any support that we can put out there um, and give others has got to be a good thing um, look, you have a fabulous business and you're helping people daily not only through your expertise but by taking some of the hardest times in your own life and turning them around to help others um, and I find that to be a pretty incredible and empowering thing to do so thank you so much Sarah for sharing your wisdom with us today and thank you for helping uh, for helping me thank you for having me I hope this conversation has been helpful to your mums I'm sure it will have. It definitely will. I've, I've put it out there and all the mums who are struggling through that first year, I'm sure will have a listen. And so, so to all the, all the single mums who are listening, look, we're not denying that the, the first year is hard, but there is support out there, um, not only through the resources such as mediation and divorce coaching, but also through simply connecting with others who are going through it. Remember that you are not alone. Stay strong, mm. take care of yourself and embrace your new path. You never know, it may turn out to be the best journey of your life. Mm. Until next time, ladies, goodbye. <laughs>